How's it going? This is Captain Cam with Blackbird Guide Services, and I will be your host for today's episode of Eastern Current. And today, our guest is Mac Elliott, who I'm really excited to talk to because she's someone that I have looked up to very much so in, in the world of photography and more specifically outdoor photography and fishing photography. Um, this is what she does for a living, and she has just a really, really good eye. And uh, she's going to walk us through how she got into this business and where she sees it going from here. Hope you enjoy. If I'm fishing a jig, you can bet it's going to be an iStrike Texas eye. Dave and Ralph at iStrike have built the most versatile and durable lineup of jigs in the saltwater industry. Whether you need a finesse presentation on spooky wintertime redfish or you need to hop a big swim bait on deep water structure for cobia and bull redfish, iStrike has the jig for you. Be sure to check out their website and use code EC10 for up to 40% off all iStrike products and 10% off all Z-Man products. The code can only be used at iStrikeFishing.com and you can find the code and the link to their website in the podcast show notes. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Eastern Current on Patreon. There you'll be able to find our weekly Ramp Talk podcast where my guide buddies and I discuss our day-to-day fishing on the way to the boat ramp in the morning. You will also be able to find extra video content that you can't find on YouTube. If you've loved listening to the Eastern Current podcast, subscribing to our Patreon is a great way to help support the show. Mac, how's it going? Hey, Cam. It is great. Good, good. I uh, I was getting a little worried because I texted you and it said notification silence. And I was like, oh, man, she really doesn't want to be on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first time we scheduled this, I, uh, I found an opportunity, a window of time to go fishing. So um, I, I don't yeah. blame you. I don't blame <laughs> yeah. you whatsoever. Yeah. Um, um, but you should have heard, you got my voicemail. You should have heard what it used to be. Um, and I had to change it because I needed it to be a little more professional, but it used to be, Hey, you've reached Mac, leave me a message and I'll call you back. Is that what it still is? I don't think that's what it is. Um, I think I was so nervous that I, uh, didn't <laughs> listen to the entire voicemail or okay, good. Didn't remember. Good. Um, I think we're in the. Yeah, we, we've had a, we've had, uh, both of our schedules have been a little busy, so. I'm glad we finally yeah. found some time to knock this out. Absolutely. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, and I'm sure this will be in the intro, Mac is uh, is a, are you a freelance, would you consider yourself a freelance photographer? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, she's a, she's a freelance photographer. And you, from what I can tell, you, you specialize in, in fishing photography. And mm-hmm. uh, man, I have been, gosh, I've probably been following along for, over three years now um and you know you've caught my attention a long time ago just from the sheer uh impressiveness i don't even know if that's a word um (laughs) uh, of your photographs of of redfish and trout and um i just want to get you on here and kind of get your backstory and talk about i know you've been doing some traveling uh for you know in, in photographing your travel. So I, I did want to discuss some of that stuff, but maybe we start with wh- where did you grow up uh, and how did you get into the kind of outdoor industry? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I would say about, you've been following me for around three years. And I would say three years ago is when I kind of started getting into fish photography. And I've fished my entire life. It was something that I loved, but it, it wasn't necessarily something that I had that passion for that kept me like going out on the water and fishing from dawn to dusk, you know, I was kind of more of a a lukewarm fisher, I would say. And yeah, I went off to college and I left Houston behind and uh, ended up traveling the world a bit and working and moved to Nashville and realized I was way too far away from water. So by the time I moved back to Houston to finish up my degree, I was really needing saltwater therapy. And so I started going out fishing with my twin brother and my dad and my mom. And it just kind of took off from there. Photography was something that I've done for probably 12 years, Mm -hmm. over 12 years now. And thought I wanted to be in fashion photography and commercial photography um, but really like to dabble in a lot of different kinds and the fact that I settled on fishing photography is something that I definitely didn't see coming and um, I consider myself so lucky to get to take pictures on boats for a living. <laughs> yeah yeah that is a uh, an awesome career if you enjoy mm-hmm. being outside. And that's funny that you, um, so did you study photography uh, in college? Yeah, kind of. I studied journalism okay, and realized that I hated reading newspapers, so I probably shouldn't be a journalist. <laughs> um, but studied journalism, studied media, some marketing, really most of my education that I got during my college experience I learned either on the job trying to make cash, you know, doing photo shoots and Mm -hmm. all of that, or just through my travels. I traveled to New Zealand and Asia and Nepal and Tibet and South America and Central America and just took pictures and video and sent it back to the company I was working for Mm -hmm. and sank or swim learning how to do photography and videography and what companies are looking for with media production. So I I credit most of my knowledge to working with clients then and to this day, just trying new things and saying yes to opportunities, you know? Yeah, definitely. You got to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty interesting actually the, cause I guess you could say we were on similar paths and this is going to kind of, I'm going to embarrass myself here. Um, so no one judge me. So I, I studied uh, photography in college as well. Um, not journalism, but kind of just like visual arts with the emphasis in photography. Yeah. Um, and everything that we did, you know, because it's like college, you're, I put, I put my air quotes up. Um, everything we did was film photography which was great but it's like very not I mean it it definitely has its applications but it's very not 
um, susceptible to like going out into the workforce and being like, I'm a photographer and I know how to shoot with, you know, 32 millimeter. Yeah. Um, it, dude, it sounds impressive though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I really, uh, tried to chase down a, a career in photography and my professors were always like, if you want to make money, uh, doing photography, you need to go into fashion photography. And I was like, wow, okay. That's really not like something that I'm interested in, but if this is the path I need to go on to essentially make it as a photographer, I'll willing to look into it. Mm-hmm. And um, long story short, everything was pointing me towards like, you need to move to New York or you need to move to Los Angeles. And I was like, I can't do that. That's yeah. big cities in me do not mesh super well. Um, but yeah, so long story short, um, fishing for me has definitely been something that I've enjoyed photographing. Although yeah, you are a million times better than me at it. <laughs> no, that's, it's all uh, it's all perspective, right? I was actually just looking at your Instagram and wondering, like, oh, what does he shoot with? Oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> there's a lot of times my iPhone, unfortunately. Um, I've gotten well, I mean, I've gotten into a bad habit of not bringing my uh, my DSLR with me, and portrait mode on your iPhone, if you have an iPhone, is like mm-hmm. such a great tool for taking grip and grin pictures but at the same time it's just not quite the same quality well shoot i would have never guessed (laughs) it's uh it's kind of a mix like some of the grip and grins are with my camera and some of them are with my with my phone um yeah but yeah so nothing wrong with that no that's right that's right nothing wrong with that at all um sorry for the sidetrack but i do want to get back to go ahead most of the time most of the time when i'm taking pictures of fish or people fishing like that's all that I'm doing I'm not fishing at all right to the point where I'm far better at fish photography than actually fishing (laughs) and my patience for photography is way greater than my patience for casting or yeah yeah doing anything like that everybody needs everybody needs a friend like you to uh oh yeah it's really hard to do both let alone you're in charge you're the guide and (laughs) So any kind of trying is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. Going back to kind of your, um, your childhood when, so you grew up in Houston. Yeah. And your father fished and your uh, twin brother fished in, does your twin brother and your uh, dad, do they mainly fish for redfish and trout? Yeah, I would say. So I grew up fishing the waters around Rockport, Texas, and still will do that from time to time. It's about two and a half hours from Houston, and it's a town that's been really special to our family. My parents met there, and they got married there and raised us there practically. Uh, We would live in Houston on the weekdays and then go down to Rockport and do the coastal life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they, we grew up fishing for redfish and speckled trout and flounder. And as we've gotten older, our 
home waters have shifted further south. So I'd say anywhere from Corpus down to Pins, Padre Island National Seashore. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think the thing that really fires me up is redfish. And I think my twin brother feels the same way, but at the same time, like we've really been getting into a lot of speckled trout fishing recently, Mm -hmm. which has been a little tough in the winter because normally you're in a bit deeper of water and the water goes up your sleeve, but that's just a personal dilemma. (laughs) Well, I know you got a, um, what do you call it? Like an underwater casing? Yeah. Um, underwater casing. Yeah. And uh, your, some of your pictures of speckled trout are phenomenal. Thanks. It's really, there's not a lot of light most of the time when you're catching trout in the environment where they like to be caught, at least. Yeah. And so I think I've we've caught one speckled trout on a grass flat, and I was able to get really clear images of it because it was just hanging out with all the tailing redfish. It was in really, really shallow water. But most of the time, you're just kind of shooting into the dark of the of the water and hoping that you get something. <laughs> so it's definitely a shot in the dark. It's- yeah, so uh, just from a photographer's perspective, when you're taking photos underwater, are you just guessing what the right exposure is? You know, I've tried a lot of different methods. I've tried keeping it on aperture priority, so it automatically shifts the the exposure automatically. But then it gets into the you know ISO, it gets grainy, all that (laughs) photographer talk. But normally, I try to judge about what I'm going to need before I start shooting, and then I really don't catch my settings yeah too much yeah yeah it's most of the shots i get with underwater housing are horrible but sometimes they're good and sometimes they're great yeah well you know i think people some people think that every photo that they take should be extraordinary when in reality i feel like at least in my experience (laughs) there'll be like one out of every 50 pictures I take will be like, oh, yeah, maybe I can use that for something. Yeah, absolutely. I shoot with a glass dome, so it splits the water in half sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of see above the water, you can see under the water. And people will ask on Instagram when I post these split shots, they're like, how do you keep the water droplets from the dome? And it, what do you put on it? Like, and they list all of these crazy ideas. And I said, oh, I just dunk it and hope that the water gets off of it. <laughs> that's, that's about it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there's... I probably should do something a little more sophisticated. But <laughs> I wonder if you could like ceramic coat it or something to make everything Yeah, someone beat said rain like what you put on your car yeah. windshield? Yeah. Right? Maybe. Um, I think that would work. But, I, you know, I don't have a underwater yeah. housing, so I'm not I'm sure. I'm going to have my, my, I use AquaTech housings. They're probably going to 
DM me and say, don't tell people to put rain axe on their, <laughs> <laughs> on their housing. Have you, um, have you had any leaks in your underwater housing yet where you've completely destroyed your camera equipment or have you? So I haven't destroyed it, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing with the underwater housing, it's, it's really an amazing tool. It is durable and strong and mine have these crazy locks on the clips. So when you clip it, you can't accidentally open the housing, Mm -hmm. but there's some ports that you have to screw on and I'm not entirely strong enough to screw the ports on. So I'll be with like a bunch of guys and thinking, Oh yeah, I can, I'm totally strong. I can, I can totally do this. And I'll try doing it by myself and screwing the ports on and I can never get it tight enough. And it's just something that I've learned to ask for help with (laughs) because I guarantee you if any, if any guy with his upper body strength tries to tighten those, it goes so much further than me screaming. (laughs) So. Well, it's a good thing that someone's around to screw those in because I'm sure those cameras aren't cheap. Um, oh, yeah. And I've had water get in it, but nothing nothing has happened, really. I think, and it's, that surprises me because the mirrorless cameras, you would think, are a little more sensitive to moisture than the old-fashioned DSLRs. Yeah. But it's no. okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know you've been traveling a ton um, just from what, what I've seen. Where have you been? So I guess it's 2023 now. So in 2022, where did you go? And did you have some crazy experiences on some of these travels? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was actually, before this conversation, I was writing down... <laughs> that I went Um, and I've done I was looking back at my Instagram kind of seeing what was going on last year and I did a lot of Texas fishing and really was trying to focus on having new experiences and adventures in South Texas Mm -hmm. which was really amazing but of course on top of that I went to Belize and Costa Rica and did some stuff in Montana for a few different clients, but I would say the fishiest trips were Belize and Costa Rica. Absolutely. Was in Belize, were you guys fishing for bonefish and permit mostly? Is that what you were shooting the most? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one permit that was caught, both the two photographers on the trip, me and my buddy Jesse, we were both on the other side of the island. So. <laughs> oh, no. I have yet to see a permit in a person, but it's on the bucket list. But we went to Cayo Francis Farm and Fly, which mm-hmm. is totally DIY fly fishing on paddle boards. And it was so much fun. It was crazy. I believe it. Wow. DIY on paddle boards. I feel like paddle boarding is hard enough. I don't know if I could stand on a paddleboard and cast my fly rod at the same time, let alone reel yeah. on a bonefish. 
yeah, you got to get your sea legs for sure. <laughs> the yeah. first day is just trying to, uh, or the first half day is just trying to stay on the paddleboard and then yeah. figure out what sand or silt you can actually stand on before you fall through to your waist. Yeah. Because it gets a little, a little soft down there. But doubt. it was incredible. They have juvie tarp in there as well. So I also, I did not see a juvie tarp in. But I, I did see a lot of bonefish. Yeah, I've heard Belize has absolutely amazing bone fishing. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard about the juvenile tarpon as well. Um, yeah. And so did you guys were DIYing it. Did you get, were you, were you there on a photo shoot for a company or was that something that you were doing for fun? It was pure fun. I didn't do much fishing really because by the time I went, I think it was in May or June. And I was just getting into fly fishing and, and trying my hand at it, but I was nowhere near ready to catch a bonefish. And I did hook a bonefish, but I screamed and freaked out and it <laughs> popped off. So I think that's probably a lot of people's first reaction with uh, bone fishing. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to explain to people. Um, and, and I'm, by no means a bonefish expert. Um, but it's hard to explain to people how powerful those little fish are. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. They, they will, Mm -hmm. they can be like 13 inches long and get you into your backing in like three seconds. Yeah. It's so thrilling. And they just, they can either be chilling alone or they're hanging out in these huge schools. It, It was amazing. And the water was crazy clear and a lot of the time, I would just bail off of my paddleboard, and somebody would catch the bonefish. And as soon as the bonefish, you know, swung close to me, I would rapid fire pictures of it, and it would hear the camera and like dart back out away from us. And it was so good, <laughs> so good. I'd never worked in water that clear before, yeah. and it was amazing for photography I'm sure, um, I'm sure it I made it a little bit easier on you yeah and I would uh if I kind of if there were no fish being caught I would put my snorkel on and my mask and float around and um just happy as a clam in the water <laughs> yeah, it sounds amazing yeah the only thing with the paddle boards is as I said, my upper body strength is not all there. So <laughs> I would uh, be trudging along trying to follow this big group of guys and doing my darndest to catch up. And it worked out. My arms looked real good after. <laughs> but it's definitely a steep learning curve for sure. Yeah. Battleboarding is not easy. Um, mm-hmm. So Costa Rica, I, I feel like we – were you there with, um, I can't remember his name, back backwater fly fishing? Yeah, yeah, Jesse. Yeah. And, and is Most that, of, is it was he there? Were y'all there when he was filming? I think he he just came out with Legend like a, of Passamar. Yeah, is that what that yeah. was for? So he filmed that the year before. Okay, but it. it was in the same spot. It's it's the same fishery. Got it. Uh, so you guys yeah. went back and 
did a bunch of pictures and caught a bunch of tarpon. Yeah. And that trip, normally I'm uh, joining these trips as a photographer slash boat buddy. I just kind of sit on the boat mm-hmm. and wait for fish. And really that whole trip in Costa Rica, I also did not pick up a rod. I thought about it, but the tarpon that they were jumping were massive. Um, so I figured I should probably work up to that. <laughs> but we were out on the Rio Colorado, right where the river meets the Caribbean, okay. right on the border of Nicaragua. And so you're fishing the Caribbean, but you have all of this muddy water hiding the clear water below mm-hmm. i believe mm-hmm. and yeah so it's spooky it's, it's beautiful it's mysterious it looked amazing uh, yeah it looked like catching tarpon in the middle of the jungle yeah that's what it felt like <laughs> sure. I, that's what it that's what it is i mean it's really wild my buddy court was saying like this is not a romantic fishery like there's mosquitoes and it's wet and it's hot and you're on the boat for you know 10 hours a day yeah waiting for these tarpon to show up and i think it would be on for you know an hour and then it'd be off for five hours I think that's how it works often, but it was really awesome. Went down there with a group of buddies and, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a lot of words for it just because it was, I had no expectations of it. And at the same time, when I showed up, I was thinking, what did I get myself into? This is crazy. Were you staying in like little huts that have mosquito that you have to sleep in, you know? You know, there were no mosquito nets, but um, there was a lovely AC unit, which was... (laughs) Most welcome, I'm sure. Yeah, it was heaven sent. It was awesome. We went with uh, Jesse's company, and he has a buddy who lives in Costa Rica still, and they do guided trips, doing all sorts of jungle fishing. So they've definitely they've done this before and it was a whirlwind absolutely i'm sure sounds like a true adventure yeah how hard is it to get in focus pictures of tarpon jumping yeah it's the spray and pray method you know yeah i always see i always see pictures of tarpon jumping and i'm like how many tries did it take to get that tarpon in like perfect photos right and you they're so big you think it might be a little easier as as compared to redfish or trout or even little brook trout but you know they're they're fast (laughs) and it it takes a bit of time to see where the line is and then when people start yelling that the tarpons you know coming up to -hmm. jump and it's always you're looking one place and the tarpon, tarpon's jumping way off to the side. <laughs> then right. you just have the camera pointed. You're like, oh, uh, I after a while, that. I think you can kind of start to feel, but I haven't 
you know, I'm in Texas. I haven't fished for a lot of tarpon other than little juvie tarpon. So, Do y'all get any tarpon in Texas? Yes, we do. I actually went... (laughs) We do. Don't have to give any any secrets away. (laughs) Well, so... My uh, my boyfriend listens to a lot of podcasts, and he took me tarpon fishing, and I just know that <laughs> <laughs> that they're there. If you listen to this they're one, there somewhere. Like, yeah, you're not invited to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, enough. they are. They're there, and they're, yeah, was, they're big. I was going to say, I'd be a little surprised if they weren't, just given the location of Texas. Um, yeah. Well, what about? So you went to Montana too. What what river were you fishing in Montana? The Gallatin. Okay. I've yeah, never fished I was one. kind of. I was up there. I do event photography for Gulf State Toyota. It's okay. just a thing to keep me busy, and I enjoy doing it. And I went fishing with this couple, and they're just they hadn't really done too much fly fishing before. So I was taking pictures of that, but I stopped by the skeleton little fly shop that they have right there off the highway and ended up seeing a buddy that I went fishing in Belize with and people that I had met on social media. And I finally got to put a face to the name and it was really funny how small the fly fishing community is or just how you can find connections anywhere you go it, when you're a part of this awesome community. It really is uh, pretty impressive because it feels at times it feels like a really big, um, I don't know, like a big community, but mm-hmm. man, it's, I don't think it's near as big as I think it is sometimes. Um, yeah. Just, I, I think there's less people, doing it than you you might think I guess from an outsider looking in Mm -hmm. um so when you were in Montana did you do any fishing yourself or were you just uh shooting pictures of fish just shooting pictures I know so I people are gonna listen to this and be like she doesn't even fish which wouldn't be totally wrong (laughs) (laughs) I'm normally doing a ton of photography and it's not that I don't like fishing. I just know that when I get the shot, the thrill is so much more than when I catch a fish. You're, you but, get more fulfillment from taking a, an amazing picture of a fish than catching one. Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. And I love talking about the picture and, you know, telling people, oh, yeah, I got right next to the water and take a thousand pictures and this one turned out and I printed on, on metal and, I like using these lights to show the photo and I just love that whole side of it. But I do, I did catch my first black drum on fly. Nice. Thank you. And that's about, I thought by now I'd be able to say, and I got a redfish and I got this and that, but it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) It is hard to catch fish if, uh, if you always have a camera in your hand. Yeah. I did catch a ladyfish. Exciting. Poor man starping. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that was thrilling. Yeah, I've hey, I don't judge. All right. 
Sign me up. I love catching fish. (laughs) I caught a a little, I caught a tarpon, basically. What? Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So out of all the, so you went to Montana, Costa Rica, Belize. What? I did some Florida tarpon fishing with my buddy Court. He's recreation specialist on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we did a Florida trip, and we watched all these tarpon daisy chain around us, and they just wouldn't eat. And like it was common, not from yeah, it was like not really from lack of time. Florida, yeah, but I, you know, it was amazing seeing them daisy chain like that. I don't think I've ever seen it so clearly mm-hmm. before, and it blew my mind absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. They are a magnificent species. It's like mm-hmm. you can see all the pictures you want of them, but when you see one up close and in person you're like, "Oh my goodness, these things are massive." Yeah. They're like Your brain can't they're process. like dinosaurs. Mhm. Absolutely. So out of all the places you've been, fish that you've photographed, what what is one what is your favorite so far? And two, what is a fish that you have not photographed yet that you're dying to take pictures of? Yeah, I think my favorite in the past year was probably my Belize trip. Just because it's pretty accessible. You don't have to spend, you can spend a lot of money. You don't have to spend a ton of money to get to Belize, at least from Houston. And I really loved the bonefish and all I got was a little nibble from one, but I think that's (laughs) enough to make me want to go back and be a little more hands-on this time instead of just watching and taking pictures. And a fish that I, is my, that I personally, that I want to photograph. Yeah. One that, one that you have not photographed yet, but you're, you would love to get some good pictures of one. Yeah. I probably a a milk fish. <laughs> oh, there you go. They look like big mullet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some pictures from Instagram of those fish and I am obsessed with their eyes. It's, I just think they look like really they look like mullet. They look like little alien fish. They do. They're crazy. Yeah, I think that I would just think that it was hilarious. Now, would you print that and hang it in your house? A milkfish? Probably not. I don't but know. I'd probably, <laughs> it'd be great to see. <laughs> I probably would. I'd put it right above my fireplace. Oh, um, perfect. <laughs> um, I, the only, I feel like the only thing I have seen about milkfish is from those like Yeti videos in the Seychelles. Do they, oh, yeah. do they live anywhere closer than that? <laughs> I, you know, I heard they're, uh, they're in the bayou here in Houston. No. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I also have only seen them in the Seychelles. And maybe they're just the Seychelles thing. I should probably do more research. <laughs> <laughs> but since the milkfish is a little out of my price range to go catch, I will, well. uh, yeah, I'll settle for... I think it'd be nice to go snapper fishing. What'd you say? Any kind of snapper, any kind of snapper fishing. Ah, there you go. 
Those are pretty. Yeah, those are pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'll I tell you one thing that I would love to do, and my my friend and I, Judson Brock, who also does hosting on this podcast, is uh, a trip to Mexico. And I'm not sure exactly where it is, but striped marlin, fly fishing for striped mm-hmm. marlin, it's like ridiculously good there. And to the point where I know someone that went mm, maybe three months ago and given they were trolling for him, but they were catching 80 striped marlin a day. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, so, shoot me an email when y'all go. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I might need to save up for a few years, but I, I would. Thanks. That is definitely something I'd l- love to make happen. I, I I feel like the, and I, you know, this is just a personal opinion, but I feel like catching a billfish on a fly rod is a pretty serious achievement. Catching anything on a fly rod is a serious. That's achievement. right. That's that's very true. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> Um, yeah, but that, that's just something I think would be so cool to photograph and so cool to experience and, and catch one of those things. I mean, they're, I want to say they're like 125 pounds ish. And, uh, I think they're pretty acrobatic, so it would be fun to, uh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I do want to get into some of your photographs and maybe not any in particular, but a lot of times you'll post pictures of like redfish's tail sticking out of the water or, um, you know, redfish's eye coming out of the, like you have one that I actually, I, I will get specific on this. You do have one of a redfish that looks like it's in a teeny little feeder Creek and his back is out of the water and one of its eyes is out of the water and it's like swimming towards you. It looks like, yeah. And my question is, are these fish that are, are they just doing this naturally in front of you or are they, are they hooked on the line and then right. you're getting photos of them? It depends. So that one that you're talking about, I took in Charleston and it, I don't know, it was just a weird, weirdly calm redfish and he wasn't hooked. He was just kind of belly crawling. Chilling, yeah. <laughs> and it was one of those things where the water dips a little low, and I have a series of 10 photos where all you can see is his back out of the water, and that one picture, you can see the eye. So, a total random accident made into a, a big photo, that, <laughs> which is normally how it works, you know. That photo is unreal. Thank you. But other times I have a photo that I actually saw a lot of prints of and it was on the CCA's Tide magazine on the cover Mm -hmm. and it has a redfish with his back out of the water and it's more water or eye level, eye to eye with this redfish and I don't, what does it even look like? One of the eyes is out of the water maybe? There's a bubble I can't even remember what this picture looks like, <laughs> but it was one of those things where I had my buddy, Jesse, Jesse and I do a lot of fishing together. 
he came down to Texas with court the first time that I ever met them. And we went to my family's fishing cabin and we fished all day long. And this was the last fish that we caught. And normally if I'm taking photos of the tail sticking straight out of the water, I just have somebody hold the fish under the water and prop the tail up. And so this was a similar situation where he was holding the fish about to release it. And I took a picture. And I think there are some situations where the fish is tailing and I'm using a zoom lens, but to be honest, I don't have $12,000 to spend on a crazy zoom lens. So, most of the tailing shots that I take with the telephoto lens are still with a beautiful lens. It's a 70 to 200, but it just doesn't have a ton of reach. Mm-hmm. So I improvise. I but the other action you. shots that I have where the fish is moving and twisting and stuff, those are while the fish is either on the line or being released. Got it. I would say. Yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah, it's a little little bit of camera magic. That's and, all right. And uh, nothing I'm, wrong with that. Yeah, I'm okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with some camera magic for sure. Um, that's that's super interesting. I, I've had, just from my personal experience, I have the hardest time trying to get photos of, I, I really want either like really good video or really clear pictures of redfish belly crawling. And it's just, I mean, it's kind of hard for me because usually when I'm out there and I'm, uh, you know, trying to get photos or videos, I'm usually by myself. And uh, I'll be like up on the polling platform, polling down a bank and one will start belly crawling like 200 yards down the bank. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, there he is. And as soon as I get like within reach to get a decent photo or video, it, it, uh, pulls off the bank and never to be seen again. Um, yeah. But this year, they like to my, do that. <laughs> yeah, the, man, I'll tell you what, this last summer was um, notorious for having like a group of fish come down the bank, popping shrimp and belly crawling and all that. Uh, exactly what you want, especially when you got a flying girl, fly angler on the bow. And I, I mean, so many times right when they were about to get in casting range, it's like they could feel you and they just pull <laughs> off, pull off the bank and then uh, occasionally show back up again behind the boat or then they would reset and come back up the bank. But happened a lot more times than I would like, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh yeah. Um, but that's yeah. They're, redfish are kind of full of themselves. Yeah, They are. I love them, but they, they do know their worth. That is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree <laughs> with you. That's my goal. This summer is to get um, definitely some good video of of some belly crawling. I think that would be uh, fun to achieve, I guess. I think you can do it. <laughs> I'm going to try my damnedest, I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. I'll be waiting. I'll be stalking <laughs> it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, mm-hmm. So what what is next for you? I, I know that, you know, you started – essentially kind of joined the outdoor industry three years ago and you've gotten super into fishing photography and you've been, I, I mean, from my perspective, looks like you've had a lot of success with 
fishing photography as well. Is there, you just going to keep it rolling? What, what's the, what's your end goal? Yeah. So I, my retirement plan, as I like to call it, is to sell fishy fine art from deep in the heart. And <laughs> I have gotten into printing a lot of my redfish and trout and flounder photos on metal and doing doing art shows, doing trade shows, and setting up art and just talking to people about photography and selling prints. And that's something that that was kind of my dream when I was a little girl was to be a true artist and make art and sell art and photography, you know, commercial photography and working with brands, that is art. But it's been really, really special to be able to make my part of my business art sales. So I have been leaning into that a lot this year. And this year is kind of, I'm putting time into my online store. I'm learning about marketing and art sales. And I have a show this weekend at this little fly shop in Houston I have the Houston fishing show that I'm doing and just, you know, saying yes to a lot of opportunities that let me show my artsy side, I guess. That's awesome. I'm excited for yeah. you. Thanks. You're, uh, like I would recommend to anyone, you just got to, if you're passionate about something, you just got to chase it down. Yes, absolutely. The first two, the first, like, I think I'm coming up on two years in business. That's great. And the first year I was definitely every single move that I made in my business. I thought, should I really be doing this? <laughs> because this really the best use of money and time. Can I really be successful in this? And I think I've grown so much as an entrepreneur that it's really fun now to be able to make lists and say like, this is what I want to buy for my business. This is the inventory that I need to stock up on. These are the tools that I need to invest in so I can invest in myself. So just getting over that hump of doubt, nervousness of, you know, shortness of funds. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is the hardest part, but for it's sure. been an awesome journey. No, I think you you hit a lot of truths, which is um, when you're when you are chasing down something like this, especially if it's a you know small business type of thing. There's, I mean, if you don't have some feeling of doubt, I think you might have something wrong with you. <laughs> Absolutely. If it scares you, you should probably give it a try. There you go. I like it. Um, well, again, I, I, I truly appreciate you, you getting on here and, um, and I thank you for taking the time. So if someone wants to find you on social media or buy a piece of your artwork, how do they find you? Yeah, you can give me a follow on Instagram at Mac Elliott media and my links are there. I have a little Shopify website. Shoot me a DM, say what's up. That's about it. Awesome. 
Well, I, I highly recommend anyone give her a follow. Her content is amazing. Um, and again, thanks for, thanks for getting on. I enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Cam. See you, Mac. Yeah.